Welcome to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bible teacher and author, Carol McLeod. Listen, if I have a foundational belief in life, it is this. The Bible is living and active and has the power to change our lives today. The Bible is a love letter from God to His children. The Bible holds the wisdom of God and the truth of God and the promises of God. And it is my delight and honor to teach you from the sacred pages of Scripture today. Our current series is titled, Meanwhile, Meeting God in the Wait. And it's a rich historical view into the life of Joseph of the Old Testament. As you might know, Joseph has always been my favorite Old Testament character. While other people might say Ruth, David, Esther, Abraham, Moses. For me, it's always been Joseph. His life reads like an unbelievable movie script. But believe it, because every word of it is true. Today's episode is number seven of eight in this series. So let's dig in and get started. Joseph and his Egyptian wife had two bouncing baby boys before the famine hit the heart of Egypt. Joseph was no longer alone. Think about it. After years of being alone, nobody cared about him in prison, in bondage, in slavery. Joseph had once again been given a family. Genesis 41, verses 50 through 52. Now, before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bore to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, for he said, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. He named the second Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Joseph lived in Egypt, married an Egyptian woman, and was second in command in the Egyptian royal hierarchy. However, don't miss this. Joseph gave each of his sons a Hebrew name. Joseph named his first son Manasseh, which in Hebrew means, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Joseph had allowed God to heal his memories from his chiefly dysfunctional childhood. Many Christians wrestle with former rejection and mistreatment. My friend, do whatever it takes to leave your past in the past. Go for counseling, employ a group of prayer warriors, read Christian books on the topic, or perhaps talk to your pastor or his wife. Your pain should be part of your history, not of your future. Ask God to help you forget the wounds of yesterday and to live a life filled with his abundance today. You know, I once did an in-depth study on the words forget and remember in the Bible. You know what I learned? I learned that I'm supposed to forget my stuff and remember God's stuff. I can do that. Can you? Too often we forget what we should remember and we remember what we should forget. We must remember what God has done for us and we must praise him for it every single day. Don't ever forget to remember the goodness of God. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, or God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The place of Joseph's former captivity was now the place of his greatest 
usefulness. Can you make that same declaration today? Life is now good. It's extraordinarily good because of the God that I serve. When I personally am in the middle of devastation or disappointment or transition or plans that I don't like and would not have chosen, the choice to praise the Lord, to count my blessings, keeps me emotionally and mentally healthy. Genesis 41 verses 53 through 57. When the seven years of plenty, which had been in the land of Egypt, came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come, just as Joseph had said, then there was famine in all the lands. But in all the land of Egypt, there was bread. So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried out to Pharaoh for bread. And Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, go to Joseph. Whatever he says to you, you shall do. When the famine was spread over all the face of the earth, then Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, and the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. The people of all the earth came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe in all the earth. So Joseph heard and obeyed God's voice. The world was in trouble at this moment in history, but a man of God had the mental and spiritual resources to provide for a world in need. In case you haven't noticed it yet, our world is in trouble, and it needs someone just like you and someone just like me to come to its assistance. We have the resources that others are desperately lacking. We have the joy for which they are aching. We have the hope for which they are starving, and we have the peace for which they are yearning. We as children of the Most High God, we have the abundance for which the world is craving. Joseph made preparations, so when the famine arrived in Egypt, he was ready to feed the masses. Have you made the vital preparations in your life so that you will be able to serve as an abundant resource for others who are living in emotional and spiritual famine? My friends, stock up on the nutrients of God's word for the express purpose of sharing it with others when they're living in the desert of circumstantial barrenness. Please don't miss the symbolism in the verses we've just read. We live in a world suffering from the most debilitating famine known to mankind. People are starving to death and dying from a lack of eternal purpose, joy, hope, and peace. And we are the ones who've been granted the eternal answers. As Christians in the 21st century, we must make ourselves available and share the spiritual wealth that Christ has given to us. The days of hoarding and storing up have come to an end, and the days of generous sharing must begin again. The family of Joseph was suffering due to the worldwide famine. Jacob, the family patriarch, knew he must take serious action in order to provide for his family. Genesis 42, verse 1. Now Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, and Jacob said to his sons, Why are you staring at one another? 
Now, let's not miss the humor in this verse. That's I think it's sort of giggling between the Holy Spirit-inspired lines. Jacob, an older man now, looked at his assorted sons and knew there was not a leader among them. Not one of these middle-aged, balding men possessed the initiative or the creativity to feed their families. They simply sat around and stared at one another while their families waited wretchedly hungry. The verb used in this verse for staring is the Hebrew word titrao, and it literally means to face one another in combat. These hungry hulks were having a stare-down fight right in front of their aged father. Now, why doesn't that surprise us, right? Genesis 42, verses 2 through 4. And Jacob said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy some for us from that place so that we may live and not die. Then ten brothers of Joseph went down to buy grain from Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he said, I'm afraid that harm may befall him. Apparently, Jacob didn't trust his older sons with Benjamin, the youngest in his brood of boys. Genesis 42, verses 5 through 6. So the sons of Israel came to buy grain among those who were coming, for the famine was in the land of Canaan also. Now Joseph was the ruler over the land. He was the one who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. Okay, pause. Before we read any further in the story of Joseph, let's remind ourselves of one of the dreams Joseph had when he was a mere teenager. Genesis 37, verses 6 through 7. He said to them, Please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and also stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. The sons of Jacob have not realized that the ruler in Egypt is their younger brother. They just know that they are in acute need of food for their families. And when they came to ask for assistance, they respectfully and appropriately bowed their faces to the ground. This is the precise scenario Joseph had prophesied as just a young lad through the dream given to him by God. Although Joseph instantly recognized this gang of former delinquents as his brothers, he treated them as strangers and aliens. He spoke to them authoritatively and powerfully as one would expect from a man in his position. Genesis 42, 7 through 8. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he disguised himself to them and spoke to them harshly. And he said to them, where have you come from? And they said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. But Joseph had recognized his brothers, although they did not recognize him. Now, there were many reasons why these men did not recognize Joseph. First of all, they probably assumed he was dead. Also, he looked and spoke like an Egyptian officer. He was clean-shaven and used the Egyptian language. There was nothing about Joseph's outward appearance that would remind them of the young man who was their long-lost brother. 
Genesis 42, verses 9 through 11. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he had about them and said to them, You are spies. You have come to look at the undefended parts of our land. Then they said to him, No, my Lord, but your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants are not spies. You know, I just imagine that when they said we are honest men, Joseph might have felt sick to his royal stomach because he had been on the other end of their lack of integrity. Genesis 42, verses 13 through 18. But they said, Your servants are twelve brothers in all, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. And behold, the youngest is with our father today, and one is no longer alive. Joseph said to them, It is as I said to you, you are spies. By this you will be tested. By the life of Pharaoh, you shall not go from this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Send one of you that he may get your brother while you remain confined, that your words may be tested, whether there is truth in you. But if not, by the life of Pharaoh, surely you are spies." So he put them all together in prison for three days. Now Joseph said to them on the third day, Do this and live, for I fear God. Well, at this point in our story, Joseph realized that he must allow his brothers the freedom that they had denied him. So because of Joseph's relationship with God, his eternal and compassionate father, he refused to act as a man of revenge. Genesis 42, 19 through 20. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers be confined in prison. But as for the rest of you, go, carry grain for the famine of your households and bring your youngest brother to me so your words may be verified and you will not die. And they did so. Joseph instructed his 10 brothers that nine of them are free to go home and take grain with them. He ordered them to bring their youngest brother back to Egypt. Joseph's brothers then began to discuss their conundrum. And and as they do so, we learn an excruciating, a, a heartbreaking secret. As a young man in the pit, apparently, Joseph had desperately begged for his life but he was ignored by his brothers. Genesis 42, 21 through 22. And then they said to one another, truly, we are guilty concerning our brother because we saw the distress of his soul when he pleaded with us, yet we would not listen. Therefore, this distress has come upon us. Reuben answered them saying, didn't I tell you, do not sin against the boy and you would not listen. Now comes the reckoning for his blood. So the men nervously referenced the heartbreaking fact that Joseph had pled for his life. He had begged his brothers not to leave him, not to beat him up and not to throw him in the pit. However, the hard hearted brothers ignored his cries for help. And Joseph's lonely and futile supplications had haunted them for nearly three decades of their lives. As Joseph's 10 older brothers discussed their strategy, they were unaware that Joseph could understand every word they said. They assumed he was Egyptian and had no idea he understood Hebrew. Genesis 42, verses 23 and 24. They did not know, however, 
that Joseph understood, for there was an interpreter between them. Joseph turned away from them and wept. But when he returned to them and spoke to them, he took Simeon from them and bound him before their eyes. This was Joseph's family. The same blood flowed through their veins. They shared the same prominent Jewish noses and the same earthly father. Despite their many similarities, the differences had caused a painful and extensive meanwhile in all of their lives. Genesis 42, verses 25 through 28. Then Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and to restore every man's money in his sack and to give them provisions for the journey. And thus it was done for them. So they loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed from there. As one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money. And behold, it was in the mouth of his sack. Then he said to his brothers, my money has been returned and behold, it is even in my sack. And their hearts sank and they turned trembling to one another saying, what is this that God has done to us? As I study that final sentence in this passage, what is this that God has done to us? I cannot help but shake my head with a sad but knowing smile on my face. These men now blamed God for the situation they were in. But as I realize this, I also realize that I have often blamed God for unfairness, for a horrible situation of my own making, or for other terrible circumstances that I may encounter this side of eternity shore. What I am unable to see in those moments of confusion is that God was really working all things together for my good and for his glory. I must remind myself not to blame God. Instead, I should bless God. Joseph's brothers were confused, yet they were given abundant provisions. Don't miss that. They were distraught, and yet they had received their money back. They had numerous questions, and yet they carried grain with them with which to feed their families. Life is never easy, is it? What a massive, tangled, confusing web Joseph's family had woven. But remember, we have historical perspective. We know the end of the story, and it's a fabulous one. When Joseph's brothers returned to the family homestead in Canaan, although they brought provisions, they did not bring good news for their aging father. After they told him all that had happened in Egypt, Genesis 42 Verses 29 through 38. Now it came about as they were emptying their sacks that behold, every man's bundle of money was in his sack. And when they and their father saw their bundles of money, they were dismayed. Their father, Jacob, said to them, you have bereaved me of my children. Joseph is no more and Simeon is no more. And you would take Benjamin? All these things are against me. Then Reuben spoke to his father saying, you may put my two sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my care and I will return him to you. 
But Jacob said, my son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead and he alone is left. If harm should befall him on the journey you are taking, then you will bring my gray hair down to shoal and sorrow. Jacob roared at his sons with incredulity at their request. Jacob was not about to lose yet another child because of the other children's lack of wisdom. Let me just quickly share with you the events of Genesis chapter 43. The famine grew more severe, and once again, Jacob's family ran out of food. To avoid starvation, Jacob told his sons that they had no choice but to return to Egypt. But this time, Judah spoke up. He reminded his father that they couldn't go back without taking Benjamin with them. Jacob finally relented in hopes they would return with Benjamin and also with Simeon. To sweeten the deal, Jacob also sent gifts to the difficult man in charge who was in charge of the Egyptian food supply. When the brothers arrived in Egypt once again, Joseph took one look at Benjamin's sweet face and prepared a sumptuous feast. He invited all of Jacob's sons to dine with him. The older brothers nervously informed Joseph that they had discovered the money in their sacks and had brought it to him, as well as twice the payment that was expected for grain. Genesis 43:23. Joseph said, Be at ease, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father has given you treasure in your sacks. I had your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. Joseph may be the premier biblical example of a godly leader. I have often prayed, oh God, give us a godly leader like Joseph. Joseph gives glory to God in every situation and in every conversation. He rarely opens his mouth without the name of the Lord coming out. Genesis 43 verses 24 through 29. Then the man brought the men into Joseph's house and gave him water. And they washed their feet, and he gave their donkeys fodder. So they prepared the present for Joseph's coming at noon, for they had heard that they were to eat a meal there. When Joseph came home, they brought into the house to him the present which was in their hand and bowed to the ground before him. Then he asked them about their welfare and said, Is your old father well of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? And they said, your servant, our father, is well. He is still alive. They bowed down in homage. As he lifted his eyes and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, he said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? And he said, May God be gracious to you, my son. Oh, can't you just hear the longing in Joseph's voice? Doesn't your heart just ache for this man who has lived for nearly 30 years knowing his brothers despised him? God was listening to the words that came out of Joseph's mouth. He is also listening to the words that come out of your mouth. I am completely and simply undone by this ancient story. Genesis 43, verses 30 through 31. Joseph hurried out, for he was deeply stirred over his brother, and he sought a place to weep. And he entered his chamber and wept there, and then he washed his face and came out, and he controlled himself and said, Serve the meal. Verses 32 through 34. So they served him by himself 
and them by themselves, and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat bread with the Hebrews, for that is loathsome to the Egyptians. Now they were seated before him, the firstborn according to his birthright, and the youngest according to his youth, and the men looked at one another in astonishment. He took portions to them from his own table, but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they feasted and drank freely with him. Due to Egyptian protocol, Joseph's brothers ate in the same room with him, but not at the same table. I wonder if the mystified brothers were astonished that Joseph could place them in the exact birth order but still the light of recognition had not dawned in their balding, vacuous heads. This should have revealed so much more than just a meal with strangers. It held the potential of a long-awaited family reunion. And now, let me recap for you Genesis chapter 44. All 11 brothers, from oldest to youngest, were sent on their way the next morning. Joseph, however, had once again placed money in each man's sack. But this time in Benjamin's, he had planted his own silver cup. Following their departure, Joseph sent his servant on their trail to confront them about what was in their sacks, particularly highlighting the missing cup. The men were stunned at the accusation of the servant. They told the servant, if you find the cup in one of our sacks, you can kill the thief and the rest of us will stay in Egypt as your slaves. The servant ripped into each parcel in the possession of this parade of 11 brothers. He started with the sack of the eldest and went in descending birth order. The tension must have hung heavy. Surely... They looked at one another with silent hope, yet desperation. Finally, only one sack remained for examination. Benjamin's, the youngest of them all. Genesis 44, verses 12 through 13. He searched, beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes, and when each man loaded his donkey, they returned to the city. They had torn Joseph's robe many years ago, and now they tore their own. Genesis 44, 14. When Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there, and they fell to the ground before him. Joseph's brothers lay prostrate at the feet of their brother Joseph. They were at his absolute mercy. The prophetic dream had come to pass in the lives of this ruptured family. But there's more to come, something fantastic and nearly unbelievable. I can assure you that no matter what you're going through today, God has fantastic things in store for you as well. In your meanwhile, God is working out all the details, all the brokenness, and all the disappointment together for a greater good. It's a promise. Remember, my friend, that you serve a God who turns all of your meanwhiles into miracles. Well, if you've enjoyed today's lesson on a jolt of joy, I'd like to invite you to buy a copy of my newest book, Meanwhile, Meeting God in the Wait. Also available are the eight videos to enhance your study in this 
rich look at the life of Joseph. It's perfect for a small group, for a Bible study at your church, or even for one in your home for Sunday school class. The book, meanwhile, is available on my website, carolmccloudministries.com. It's available on Amazon, Ironstream Media, and really wherever books are sold. The video teaching series, however, is only available on my website, carolmccloudministries.com and at ironstreammedia.com. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email me at carol at carolmccloudministries.com. We love to pray for everyone who connects with us, so be sure and send me your prayer request today. I want to remind you that when you're choosing Jesus, you're also given the gift of joy. God's will for your life is an inexpressible and a relentless joy. Don't ever doubt it. And as always, I dare you to choose joy. I'll see you next time on A Jolt of Joy right here on the Charisma Podcast Network.